My name is Al De Niro, and welcome to episode 85 of The Midnight Hour. This is a very special episode, as it marks the return of a very popular topic in the show's history, and also a very important figure in the show's history. I am, of course, talking about Jack Swagasaurus of Sea People Slaying fame. For anyone who doesn't know, Jack is the other co-founder of this podcast, and after a long spell in the wildernesses of the world, he has returned to grace us with his presence in a fun episode which will be laced with nostalgia. Before we go any further, I would like to say that the song opening the show is Give It Up by a band called Cities. They're very good friends of mine and this is their debut single so I'll leave a link to the lyric video in the description and I'd really appreciate it if you guys could go and do what the chorus instructs you to do by showing them some love. It's their debut single which some of you might find hard to believe. Like I've played a lot of songs from tons of new bands on this podcast in the past and I honestly think that when a band comes along with a debut single like this and you can hear how secure and confident they are in their sound, you can tell they're capable of really big things. And also, this track was produced by the same guy who produced Codeline's first album, so that's another reason why it just sounds like a winner, and I would really appreciate it if you go and, you know, check out the lyric video, leave a comment, whatever. If you're really sound, you can phone your radio station and tell them to play it. Anyway, the topic of today's episode will act as a sequel to a previous and very popular episode in which we discussed fan theories. A lot of you have asked repeatedly over the years for us to follow up that episode in which we discussed alternate interpretations of classic TV shows and movies such as Pokemon and Rugrats and several other things. I won't ruin it because I plan on actually re-uploading it to SoundCloud in a couple of weeks so um, yeah you can uh, look out for that or you can check it out now in the you know playlist link uh, on YouTube or whatever you want to do. But anyway we return to that topic today with all new theories that verge on crazy hilarious and just downright awesome. You're really going to like this episode. I'm really glad to have Jack back on the show because it truly has been way too long and I'm sure you guys can all agree and uh, join me in welcoming him back and hey if you really want to show your appreciation you can leave a like or a rating on the episode on whatever platform you're engaging with it or check out the subreddit as always. I will have all the relevant links in the description and let's hear more of Cities and then let's get into the episode.
power in the verse can stop me. I am joined today by the guy with whom I invented the Midnight Hour. Um, and this podcast was, um, I guess, a result of a drunken conversation in a pub. And that conversation was with the guy that I'm joined with today. Who could it be? You already know because I said it in the intro. It's Jack. Yeah. Woo. And the crowd goes mild. Uh, yeah. I am... I'm back after a lengthy hiatus of what seven months? Yeah, it's been a eight long, months maybe. Long, long. And time. that conversation that started this was how many years ago? What four? Uh, five. Four, years, four or five years ago now? Yeah, it was before Codaline's first album came out. Yeah. I think. Um, yeah, it's, it's been a it's been a good long while. Yeah, it was it was a long time ago in a galaxy far far away, and uh, it feels like a galaxy far far away. Fucking hell, the difference between then and now is unreal. I know, yeah, it's nuts. I lived it's, in London at the time. Yeah, I. It's just, I mean, nothing's much changed for me really. I mean, I still live with my parents, and I've got still got a job. Um, that's about it really. Uh, <laughs> Um, things have happened. In, life. Things have happened in the meantime, but I've kind of like come full circle. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> so I feel like I should address the um, the heftily sized elephant in the room yeah. and answer a very well put question that was on the subreddit, which you should all visit, by the way, reddit.com forward slash r forward slash midnight hour. That is correct. I made a thread there announcing your yes. return, and I asked, what would you like to and, hear us talk about? Yeah, and the top comment is from The Scanned. Big uh, name drop there. Ask him why he's a piece of shit and abandoned us. Many thanks, goodbye. Yes. I mean, not wrong. It's on no the tip of apologize. everyone's tongue. Yeah. Um... Shit! How much? How much? How personal do I want to get with it? How much do I want to reveal about um, what the fuck's been going on in my life? I tend um, to get very personal, but also vague enough that I don't have to say <laughs> any of the actual personal stuff that's going on. Like you, you could be like, "Well, the universe is an infinitely dark place." <laughs> Just leave it at that. Actually, do you know what the universe um, decided to all in one kind of go, really kind of just kick me. Mm. Um, I mean, nothing really, really drastic, I suppose, in the long term. But in the short term, it was enough to really uh, derail derail me. Um, I was already like struggling with trying to balance uh, work, life. Um, and then life decided to kick itself in the head like wee man on jackass. Um, <laughs> yes. I think that's about an accurate summary, really, of what happened. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's it's like you were life on a United Airlines flight. Indeed. And the universe was like, get the fuck off the plane. This shit is overbooked. (laughs) Yeah. This shit is overbooked, and we've got karma here to come and drag you out by the ankles, even though you're a doctor. Yes. Of memes. A doctor, um, yeah, a doctor of dank memes. Yeah, to um, to beat the shit out of you. But um, have you heard? It turns out that the doctor has like a troubled past. I have not. Okay, so what has happened today is a journalist from a publication who, to be honest, I don't even recognize the name. I'd never heard of it before. But she tweeted like, "Can anyone put me in contact with this guy? I would love to hear his side of the story." 
And then today her story broke after she digged around about the guy and found out that he has some mental health issues or something like that. And okay. at the moment, we're recording this on Tuesday night, so I don't think all the details are actually publicly available yet. She's threatening to, or, or rather, I guess she's hyping us up for her follow-up story, which is going to reveal all the juicy stuff, apparently. Um, I saw someone on Twitter saying that he once used prescribed medicine or prescribed drugs in exchange for gay sex. So I can only imagine the uh, stuff that's held in those documents. Um, but I mean, no matter what he has done in his past, um, it doesn't really have any bearing on the fact right. the, yeah. of what happened and like why it all happened. Yeah, this so, is what I find yeah. the strangest. Like, I, I've seen like people who I, you know, respect. Um, I, I've exited the. You won't actually know this, Jack, because it's been so long. I've exited the SJW bubble um, that was holding me. That must and, be nice. Yeah, it's pretty cool. So, like, I, I, I've like I've followed a whole bunch of uh, right wing commentators and stuff. Um, not because I now identify <laughs> with the right, but because I want a broad understanding of what's what mm -hmm. the narrative is rather than it being that everything is racist and everything is sexist yeah. and so i've seen so many people on the right saying oh well this doctor is fucking insane and my point is so what if he is that doesn't matter that's not the issue at this current point in time yeah like the fact is that he is a doctor who had to return yeah. to work for his patients with whom he is allowed to um consult like yep. irrespective of his past so we know that much so obviously mm -hmm. if there's something that you know he should render him obsolete as a practitioner it doesn't matter because the court has yep. decided that he is a doctor who works yep. right so we know that yep. as a fact and the airline was like we need to make way for our staff even though you've paid full price for this yeah. um does anyone want to leave we'll give everyone on the plane four hundred dollars everyone was like nope and then they were like all right eight hundred dollars and everyone was like nope which by the way terrible way of incentivizing your people by raising the price yeah, and then expecting just because if i'm sat there i know what my price is exactly if they want to meet that yeah. and go if they meet that straight away i know for a fact that i can push them exactly in fact, in America, you can you are entitled to four times the amount of your ticket up to I think it's fourteen hundred or four thousand dollars. Yeah, um, nice. if you're overbooked. Wow. Um, so I mean, like four grand is legally where they had to stop at, or where they have to go to, really. Yeah, yeah. Um, but they easily could have gone over four grand. I mean, think about the amount of. It's a real shame because um, the media the media bubble will burst within a week and everybody will fucking forget about it. I know. We'll never um, know how much he's actually going to get in the settlement yeah, from this. But exactly. also, I think United Airlines and the way that they've acted, like their CEO... The way they've acted, all they had to do was shut the fuck up. I know. Shut up, let the news do its thing, and it'll be over in a week and nobody will remember it two weeks' time. How Simple. do people not know this by now? I, I honestly have no idea. <laughs> Ridiculous. Like, it's it's honestly beyond me. If like I reckon like I could say something really racist on this show. Not that I would ever want to, right? But I think we oh, have done in the past. Possibly. <laughs> like hypothetically I could do that right now. And even if I felt the full extent of the internet, 
um, to to the capacity of El De Niro, right? Not like my real name where I lose my job yeah, yeah. And, and they go all in on that whole thing. But like, if if the whole internet was like hashtag boycott the midnight hour, right? I reckon I I would um continue making episodes, and I think within three weeks I would be back to normal with no hate on every episode. And in mm. fact, I'd probably have more viewers than I had in the first place. So like, yeah, that's just the way that the wheel it, goes. Around. Life levels itself out, really. Exactly. Yeah, and it does it so fast nowadays. You used to have to yeah. wait a year for this shit. Yeah, yeah. it's like a week now. <laughs> yeah. Like, <laughs> I genuinely couldn't tell you what was the top of like the top of the news subreddit um, like three days ago. It was probably, and I'm only guessing, but it was probably Donald Trump calling someone overrated. Yes, yeah. like it was probably yeah. Like it just doesn't matter anymore. Yeah. News moves so quickly because yeah. we're so connected to so many things that don't matter. Well, yeah, it suddenly becomes such big news. We don't focus on anything that actually matters as well. It's like. Yeah. I, I was listening to um, Sam Harris talk on Joe Rogan's podcast and he said something really interesting that was like Donald Trump comes out and says he will wipe North Korea off the face of the earth with nuclear weapons and nobody even reacts to it because they don't A, they don't care, B, they don't believe him and C, they think that it's all a front and he's not actually going to yeah. do it whereas he'll say that the the New York Times is failing, or he'll say Meryl Streep is overrated, or whatever, and that becomes the main thing. How can he say that? Like nobody. Yeah, it's like, so bizarre. It just goes like we we're in such a weird place because the actual stuff that should matter like doesn't at all. Nothing matters. Everything is yeah. a sports. We're all just sports fans who've picked the side and we're arguing over net spend. Like, that's what the yeah. world is right now. <laughs> Netspin. Yeah. It's, it's um, one thing that I think probably needs more attention given to it that's come out in the last few weeks is the whole um, Chechnya gay concentration camps. Yeah, I've read, I've only read like, brief snippets of news on this. Um, like, the first, I mean, you know, obviously aside from uh, ignoring North Korea, um, who we're pretty sure have Korea concentration camps yeah they're the first concentration camps since the holocaust really like that's mad like how is that still how is that still happening hundreds of gay people being shipped to these places allegedly they're being beaten abused and uh murdered is what i've read so um but but it's always with the caveat of allegedly so i i need to um yeah yeah I need to read. I don't know. Um, it, it, it's if Chechnya wasn't so closely r- related to Russia, and if Russian news wasn't so, if I wasn't so suspicious and skeptical of Russian news, yeah, yeah. I, I just I don't know what to make of the story. Not that I'm saying that I don't believe the reports, but mm. I I just I don't know what I I don't know anything about yeah, it. Yeah. You know, it's uh, yeah, it's it's yeah. crazy though. I mean, just seeing the term concentration camps pop up in 2017 is yeah. yeah. Bizarre. Uh, not like, in a historical context. It's yeah, so and, and also not in a hysterical anti-Donald Trump context, right? Like yeah. this is real examples of yeah. of actual concentration camps, not proposed yeah, hypothetical. Mad, isn't yeah, it? it's nuts. Um, um, do you have anything further to add about your disappearance, or will we move uh, to um, topic? No, I think that's it, really. Did you yeah. slay any dragons that's... while you were out there in the world? Uh, just emotional ones. Ah, yes. Yes. Emotional dragons. The biggest. Well, I think I speak on behalf of all 28 of our listeners when I say (laughs) we're glad to have you back and 
the other 2,000, or sorry, 1,973 listeners that have abandoned us in your absence will hopefully return. They will inevitably return once they find out that I'm back. That's the hope. Without a shadow of a doubt. Yeah, yeah. Well... 100%. um, I opened the thread up on the subreddit to a whopping five responses. (laughs) And let me tell you, folks, there were some great suggestions in there. (laughs) Um, Only one of them was correct, however, which is a 20% success rate, so I will allow it. Um, DE312, DE312, whatever your name is, he said (laughs) fan theories, and that's what we're doing. We're talking about fan theories. We're um, following up to our much-revered episode fucking seven maybe <laughs> I think, Who knows? you think i would have researched that before anyway this is episode 85 i know that much and we're gonna yeah. we're we're presenting the long-awaited sequel to our 2012 episode fan theories perhaps was it 2012 oh, is it 2012 Holy no shit. That, no that's bullshit that no no 2014 no, I'm, I'm, is... I'm googling that i'm finding that out no it's not it's not it's not it's el de niro it's... shitty podcast <laughs> <laughs> it's el it's edonaro is how you uh <laughs> Uh, Elder Nondo 90. Um, fan theories. Shit, man. It's been a while. Yeah. Uh, it has been a while. But I've uploaded I, I some... Um, spell it help. I've uploaded some previous episodes to the SoundCloud page in your memory, so people know who you are, at least. <laughs> R.I.P. in peace, mate. Yeah, yeah that's right. Uh, yeah. Always accompanied with an image of a tombstone, so that's the, the way we go yeah, about yeah. things here. Um... I'm gonna guess, right? If I ha- I'm gonna guess that we uploaded it in June 2014. That's so we could have, we could have made it at any point in June. It was episode seven. You were bang on. Whoa! That's that's impressive. I'll give you that. Yeah. Uh, 18th of April 2014. Wow, April. Jeez, we were so on the ball. Did well, we make yeah. seven consecutive weekly episodes when we started? That's incredible. I think, I think so. This is uh, this is this was the most weekly that this weekly podcast has ever been. Damn right. Yeah, but it's still it's weekly now. If you're an iTunes listener, but um, some of them <laughs> maybe re-uploads. <laughs> but either way, there's something that goes up every week to the RSS feed. So if you are an iTunes user, you are in heaven. Also, thank you for going on to iTunes right now, everyone, and giving us a positive rating. I really yes. appreciate that. Um, so, yeah, we're talking fan theories. Uh, who yeah. wants to go? I'll go first with uh, a story oh. about a time traveler named Jack. Because oh, that is appropriate, and it is fitting and go. everything. So, I am going to read this entire post um, that I saw on Reddit, and it was... Um, Where else? Yeah, exactly. It was actually posted on February 13th. Is that not the date that the podcast started? It started sometime in... No, it was 20 something. Right, yeah. um, but anyway, uh, so Jack from the movie Titanic, you may have heard of it, James Cameron's 1998 classic, which was nominated for something like 11 Oscars, 14 Oscars or something like that. Mm. Um, it starred Leonardo DiCaprio and Kate Winslet. Um, I... I'm reciting all of this knowledge from my head, and I really just want you all to marvel at how woke I am when it comes to movie knowledge and stuff like that. So, 
Jack from Titanic was a time traveler, and he was there to save Rose from committing suicide and altering the timeline. This may seem ridiculous, but think about it for a moment. If Rose jumped to her demise, then the ship would have stopped to look for her. Which is, I, that's a plausible part, right? Because mm -hmm. uh, she came from wealth. Uh, not, not, I mean, she came from wealth and her family got really poor, but she was marrying into wealth um, through Billy Zane. Uh, Cal, I think was his name. So um, it goes on to say the temporary delay would lead to warmer weather and the Titanic would never have hit the iceberg. This is mm -hmm. also why Jack made it a note to spend so much time with her. His job was to ensure her survival. So let's look at the evidence. Jack doesn't have any currency in this time period, so he has to gamble in order to get the ticket in the first place. He mentions fishing at Lake Wizada, which is a man-made lake created in 1917. I googled that, by the way. It's completely true. Five years nice. after the Titanic sank. His haircut seemed completely out of place for the era. Furthermore, that rucksack wasn't common until the late 30s. He claims he will take Rose on a roller coaster on the Santa Monica Pier, which wouldn't be built until 1916. How else would Jack have the knowledge of these future places? And before you say, because that's what the person wrote, fuck you. Um, so, um, there is a second part to this theory that we'll get to, but I think there's plenty of talking points here that are, um, that are apt, right? So, mm -hmm. the idea that if you imagine time traveling back to even five years ago, if I, in my lifetime, right, I have witnessed yeah. a currency change. So if I were to go back to sure, the, yeah. the time where I was a kid, I would have, like, I couldn't take money with me. It would be, yeah. it would be utterly useless. Not only that, but if you were to time travel, there are so many ways that you're actually locked out of society. Like, you don't have a social security number. You're not mm -hmm. going to have, like, your bank account, any, like, yeah, yeah. proof of address documents. Like, for... Like in in ter I used to work in anti money laundering and I, like I know that if you want to set up a bank account you have to have something linked to somewhere, and basically yeah. you don't have anything linked to anything if you're a time traveler you are as loose as it gets you've no yeah, photo you ID off the grid completely yeah you have no birth cert no anything nothing like that so to be a guy gambling for a ticket to get on the Titanic makes total sense that it would be a time traveler. Um, mm -hmm. Not to mention the whole haircut thing, which is completely out of place, and yeah. is not out of place in period pieces starring Leonardo DiCaprio. Because no. I don't think Romeo from <laughs> the Shakespearean tragedy had that haircut either. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so like those are completely valid points, and he does mention a lot of things that are from dates that like um, precede the Titanic. Now. Mm -hmm. Uh, no, not proceed. That's before they yeah, come, yeah. come after Titanic. So, Proceed. Yeah, that's yes, the one. <laughs> that's right. Succeed. Yeah, succeed. Succeed. Yeah, one of them. Yeah. Um. So the second part of this theory is what other James Cameron movie had time travel? Terminator. Rose <laughs> is Sarah Connor's grandmother. Boom! It makes complete sense. Complete sense. Yeah. Um, so this is a fucking, this is a badass fan theory right here. Yeah. That, uh, like, I mean, it links up the entire James Cameron universe. So, like, it, it makes complete sense. This is the type of thing that lots of directors do. They always keep their movies linked in some universe some way. You can Google yeah. the, Tan the Tarantino universe and, and how everything in that is actually linked in an alternate timeline where, uh, I shouldn't say because I'll probably spoil one of his movies. But anyway, lots of swearing in that universe. Yeah. Um, 
So yeah, uh, James Cameron, I think he had this in mind when he wrote the movie. I mean, I definitely that yeah, was yeah. a fan theory, but it's a great theory, yeah. and it, it it's totally it's a nice me. it's a nice theory, and I would absolutely, I would love to believe it. Like if the Titanic was, um, like a book written properly written with full descriptions um of what jack looks like what his hair looks like um and so forth um his rucksack etc um and it was written that that was the things then yeah i could give semblance to the theory yeah but i have made films none of them good (laughs) one of them was good the one that i saw it was it was average at best. It wasn't quite the Titanic. Um, uh... <laughs> it, it sank like the Titanic. It went down like the Titanic. Way. Um, no, I just I'm sorry. It's just lazy costume design. <laughs> it's just such lazy costume design. There was yeah. there is in the Blues Brothers um, another uh, James Cameron classic. Um, it's not. <laughs> no. <laughs> The Blues Brothers wondering. was definitely uh, directed by James Cameron. That's it's a correct. Fucking excellent film is that what it is? What it is? Is that the one with uh, the robot that goes back in time to save Sarah Connor? It is. Who yes. plays the sax? I've yeah. seen that. Yes. Um, it's terrific. There's they want they hold the record for a long time as the um, having the largest on-screen car crash. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> in in a film. I love which that. Which is just excellent. Um, but the majority of those cars um, that were in the car crash weren't actually available um, when the Bruce Brothers was set. And that's just lazy. To nice. be fair, they probably struggled to find a lot of Crown Vicks from the right time. Yeah. Just to crash them. Yeah, like that, but that's fine. Like, that's the Blues Brothers. That's, that's, that's got nowhere yeah. near the budget of this behemoth Titanic movie. You would, you would think, but while I don't agree with the haircut or the rucksack, or the roller coaster. What I do agree with is the Terminator. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> I'm so I'm so behind that, and I also like. I don't know if yours has the addition on the bottom from Tumblr. It does, yeah. But Jack, that's that's a very obscure. Like I'm loosely familiar with Doctor Who, but. Also, that Jack could be Jack Harkness sent back from the future by Doctor Who to save Rose because she's actually the great grandmother of Rose Tyler. Boom. That's See, another boom right there. Two booms in one theory. That means nothing to me because Doctor Who is a failing pile of garbage, as Donald Trump It Trump's really like. is. They really did well to revive it for about one season. Uh. I wouldn't right. even go along with that, to be honest. Right back at the start. <laughs> I never liked it. I, I've always just thought it was ridiculous. You know, just a bad TV show. But that that's just my opinion. I don't know. Maybe it's just because I fancy Billy Piper. Yes. I, I remember, oh. right, when Netflix first came out, um, there was like four movies on, on it, and like the best one was Robocop. Yeah. And uh, you're going back to Naturally. 2012 here. And Robocop is still the best movie on Netflix for anyone. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> But there was a TV show on there that always used to come up in my recommended called Secret Diary of a Call Girl. And the amount of times I hovered over that thumbnail looking at Billy Piper's face and thinking, 
I'm going to watch every episode. I could, I could watch this. Yeah. Now, I yeah. never did, but I was tempted, like, way more than I should have been by a terrible show like that, purely because of Billy Piper. So, I guess I could understand, but as a man with enough self-control, I realized that Doctor Who was just not the way to go, you know, to experience yeah. stuff like that. So, denied. <laughs> denied, Rose Tyler. Yeah. Deny me. Deny me my ch- my one chance to woo Billy Piper via the podcast. <laughs> Cheers for that. I really appreciate that. And one. the thing is, she does listen as well. I know that she's a listener. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I know the entirety of uh, the Doctor Who cast, all six of them, um, listen to <laughs> the Midnight Hour. I like that guy who was in Life on Mars, John Sim. John Sim, yes. He's good. He's a good. Yeah, actor. I was thinking of. Um, is it Gene Hackfield or whatever his name is? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he is. Philip he Lannister. was one of. Yeah, he was one of my favorite characters for quite a long time. He was awesome, yeah. Because he was incredibly crude. Yeah, he he's actually. I I could see he's a very you kind of guy. I think. <laughs> I what I like what I like about it, this is this actually links in quite nicely. Speaking of life on Mars, because as a TV show, it is a fan theory essentially. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's like some weird... Fa- and then it spawned its own t- fan theory TV show sequel called Ashes to Ashes. That's right, yeah. Which, which wasn't was so good. bizarre. It was so meta. Yeah. Like, it was meta within meta, and it was so confusing. It was, yeah. Good. I mean, the you know, Mar- Life on Mars was great. Ashes to Ashes wasn't as great. Uh, I still watched all of it, though. I I think I did, but I don't remember any of it, which I think is a, a good um, symbol of its quality. Yeah, yeah. To be fair, I think most of Life on Mars that I remember was the Gene Hackfield, or whatever his name was, kicking things. Yeah, and saying and great one-liners. And being sexist, and yeah. Yeah. I, he's, I he's, like, he's like Jeremy Clarkson, but without all of the horribleness, like... And smugness yeah. and just unnecessary crudeness. Like, sure, he's crude and stuff, but not just because he thinks it's funny. Like, he's... because the situation calls for it. Exactly. Yeah. Whereas Jeremy Clarkson is the kind of guy who'll point at a something that looks like a penis and and like he <laughs> looks like it. You know what I mean? <laughs> Whereas like Philip Glenister's character Gene, he used to always just give a very good and witty analysis of something despite mm-hmm. not being a very intelligent man and that is what I like yeah um, I was going to say as well fan theories really help your enjoyment of certain stuff mm-hmm. like I, I watched the latest episode of um, the new the newest series of Prison Break and let me fucking tell you if someone were to tell me that the whole thing takes place in Michael's head and he's brain damaged it would probably yeah. help me enjoy it on any level like maybe it would even give me like five percent of enjoyment which i need to continue watching because it is literally the worst fucking thing i've ever seen in my life i cannot believe how bad prison break is when Mm. season one was really good season two was pretty good and then it just fell off a cliff and they were like nah insane things gonna happen everywhere (laughs) michael's girlfriend is gonna murder his mother who he thought was dead but it turns out she's alive and she's in on this conspiracy and it's like oh for fuck's sake and now they've brought it back, and Michael's back in jail. He's not only is he back to life, but he's back in prison. Like, how fucking yeah. bad are these people at not being in jail? <laughs> I what what actually just genuinely annoys me about a lot of fan theories is that 
there's they fall into like seem to fall into like three categories unless you get very specific down to like episodes or scenarios within the films or TV shows themselves. Yeah, <clears throat> and they they seem to just be like in a coma or all in his head. Yeah, yeah. Uh, like nothing was real, or you know, or he was dead the uh, whole time. Yeah, exactly. Like those those are the three. Yeah, those are the three. Everyone was dead the whole time. Not even yeah. just one person. All yeah. of them. <laughs> The Everyone whole thing dead. took place in your head. Uh, yeah, it all takes place in your head because it's a film. You you like, all went and, and stared at a blank screen, and whatever you think you saw, that happened in your head. That's yeah, the yeah. fan. Theory. Everybody comes out with a different film. This this podcast is ninety minutes of white noise, and you <laughs> think that you're hearing our voices right now, which is crazy. I think. I know. Um, I'm still I'm still lost to the sea people, really. Yeah. <laughs> See people reference. Ding, 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 ding. Ding, 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 ding. Um, right. So... a strong 40 minutes yeah. before that happens. <laughs> yeah. um, hit us with a fan theory. Yeah, I have a fan theory. Um, this is... Uh, I was actually really glad to read this one because it reminded me of how much I actually enjoyed the show when I was a kid. Um, so it's about the Eds from Ed, Ed and Eddie. They are victims of parental abuse to different levels. What's funny is you don't even need to elaborate. No, I'm just yeah, like, like, yeah, I can see that. Yeah, I can see that. That makes a lot of sense. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> but they... Um, we're not talking like massive um, physical abuse. Generally, um, more of emotional neglect. Yeah. Um which would lead them to be as fucking weird as they are. Um, so Ed, uh, if you're not familiar, tall, stupid. I think that was about the two words that are needed for him. Yeah. Um, Baggy single, jeans. Single D, green jacket. Yeah. Uh, his sister lives in a second floor room with toys, a plush bed and other amenities. He lives in a dirty, dank, Meme. leaky basement with... A TV, a VCR, and nothing of any real value. Ed, Double D, uh, is suffering from neglect. His parents are always giving him orders via sticky notes, implying they're not home often, or if they are, they don't particularly care for him. And Eddie is suffering from the fact that his brother is... Very, either very, very good at everything he does, or I'm adding my own twist to this because I personally can't ever remember actually seeing his brother mm. at any point. I don't either. Uh, so the idea of the fan theory is that he's always looked up to his brother, preserved his brother's room after leaving, never seems to escape the shadow his brother left for him. Now, unless someone can uh, prove me wrong and tell me that you do see or meet the brother at some point in that series. I would even stretch to that, that that he died young and that he's trying to kind of fill the shoes that his deceased older brother has left. That makes sense. I'm throwing out my own fan theories here. That makes sense. It's also very dark, and I like that. Yeah, it's not quite as dark as the Rugrats one, I don't think. No, the Rugrats one is definitely the most yeah. insanely Should dark. We'll go listen to episode 7 to find out what that is a reference to. And if you don't, I'll put it up in like two weeks on a Wednesday yeah. night. So look forward to that. So yeah, I don't, I, I can't see anything 
wrong with that with that theory like i mean obviously i don't have an encyclopedic knowledge or memory of that show so like i said feel free to correct me if i'm wrong i think they come from a town where everyone is uh neglected by their parents like isn't there's one kid that's best friend is a fucking piece of wood yeah Yeah. like i mean it's just it, it doesn't bode well for their um like there are no parental overtones in the show at all like these kids do whatever they want and yeah they are very threatened by any sign of danger. Like, they seem to completely overreact to everything. As kids do, I'll grant you. But, um, yeah, it's it's a, it's a very... Cartoons are, are really interesting because they take place mm. in such a bizarrely colourful and flamboyant yeah. future that you could paint as utopian or dystopian, depending on your yeah. age, <laughs> probably. Yeah, um, and your outcome things. Yeah. Um, I saw, I did see one while I was um, scrolling through fan theories about SpongeBob and how an episode where him and he gets fired from the Krusty Krab uh, because him and Sandy are doing karate too much. And mm, the whole karate. idea of karate. Yeah. I think you already know where I'm going with this. I, um, are you going towards ketamine? <laughs> no. It begins with a K? They're doing too no, much. Um, sex. Oh, sex. Yeah. Well, it, I knew it was either going to be drugs or sex. Yeah. It was either, it was either those two or rock and roll. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> they were doing too much rock and roll, but they couldn't play it on TV because America. Yeah, yeah. But that was that was another one that I came across, and it's like some of the some of the puns and stuff that I've seen from like you, you can easily go online and find tons of kids shows that have very questionable references yeah. that would only be understood by kind of the adults that make them. For sure, and I think they're all they're always good fun to um, look at and listen to, just to kind of see remind yourself of the fact that these kids shows were made by very intelligent and talented adults a lot of the time, um, and that they could mean so many more things than anything that you picked up on when you were a child. If if you don't know what we're talking about. Just watch literally any fucking episode of Johnny Bravo. Yeah. And oh, good lord! The everything in Johnny Bravo was rampant sexism, yeah. misogyny. Yeah. Like, just what yeah. an awful person. He is. <laughs> just an absolutely awful role model for hey, children. Hey, mama. <laughs> hey, sexy mama. Yeah, that was just like it was like it was like someone had taken everything bad about. Um, Elvis Presley and compressed it into yeah, yeah. the rock one, the Dwayne yeah. the Rock Johnson's body but with white skin yeah. and bleach there yeah was... yeah one horrendously sexist cartoon character yeah absolutely horrible <laughs> I love I absolutely love the crossover episode uh, with Scooby Doo and Johnny Bravo and um, <sighs> the, they're running through all the rooms in the house and it's like they run into one door and they come out another door and it's this funny thing like they're in a huge haunted mansion and they're really yeah. scared and stuff and uh, I think uh, Velma is it Velma or Wilma? Velma isn't it? Velma yeah Velma Velma and Johnny like crash into each other and they both both their glasses fall off their face and Velma's like my glasses I can't see without my glasses and Johnny Bravo's like my glasses I I can't be seen without my glasses <laughs> <laughs> so good um yeah, I, I saw another fan theory about Ed, Ed, and Eddie a long time ago that Double D is in fact a girl, like a uh, a, like a yeah, lesbian yeah. Um, 
what what do you call it? a tomboy type girl? Yeah, yeah. Um, which kind of makes a bit of sense, but it, it makes sense, but it also just smacks of people going like, let's make really? a woman character in a show. Yeah, yeah smacks of that um, SJW bubble. You, yeah, kind of bubble. You bubble that you tried to escape from the SJW. Yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, I think, like, I'd love to get behind it, but I, I, I seem to recall there being a clip of, um, Double D as an adult, and I think if it were a woman, well, maybe, like, could be wearing a sports bra or something, sure, yeah, I, yeah. we'll, we'll leave the theory float yeah, there, it probably, it's I'll, fine. Allow it for now. Yeah, exactly. Until further, uh, further discussion is very... Further evaluation. Yeah. <laughs> we'll do that in post. When, when, when we're yeah. editing the show, it definitely won't sound any different whatsoever. <laughs> It'll just be like a sudden <laughs> cut, and then exactly. Um, should I go ahead with the next one? Yeah, go for it. I should preface this by saying, actually, I won't. I won't say it. I won't say it. I'll, I'll go ahead with the fan theory, and then I'll say it, and it'll be great, right? So, ET is a Jedi. Uh, that's the theory, and uh, we're done now. Um, so. <laughs> E.T. was created by uh, Steven Spielberg, but I believe um, there's some tie with George Lucas in there somewhere. I don't know if um, they collaborated together. I know that they're very good friends in real life, and they collaborated on several movies together. I know that Spielberg actually had a hand in uh, creating The Phantom Menace uh, via some production means or something like that. Um, Mm. But E.T. is this, um, like, terrified being... Uh, like alien guy in in this planet that he doesn't recognize or whatever. So um, there's a scene where the protagonist child from E.T., who probably has a name, Elliot, um, (laughs) when Elliot is out trick-or-treating and he decides to bring his buddy E.T. with him. um, But obviously, uh, you know, E.T. is just going to either wear a costume or get away with being an alien. I'm not too sure. Um but E.T. sees a person dressed as Yoda, and E.T. is like mm. takes a real shine to that person. Yeah, yeah. Um, like there's clearly some recognition there. And then um, when the Phantom Menace came out, there's a scene during one of the many, many, many diplomatic speeches given to the Senate um, mm. of the Galactic Empire, um, where you see a bunch of little E.T.s. Like they're definitely. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so they, so we know that within the Star Wars universe, there is that species of alien. Um, so it is not unrealistic to assume that E.T. may be a Jedi, especially considering Elliot's bike magically fucking flies through yeah. the night sky. Only yeah. a being in touch with the Force could create such a disturbance in gravity. So, oh, for um, sure. So I'm, also, I'm also pretty sure there's some... Um... There's some very force-like movements of objects while E.T.'s still in the house as well. Possibly so, yeah. I, I'm very I, sure that like he knocks things over. It's time for me to break the news that I was going to say before I started. The thing. I've never fucking seen E.T. at all. <laughs> never seen it in my life. Strong. That's a so. strong one. Always go, always go with the fan theories from which you have no prior background knowledge. I mean, E.T. is one of those movies that I am fairly sure that you don't have to see it. It, like, nah. It, it, like, nah, like, I didn't see it until I was about 22. Yeah. <laughs> Who gives a shit, like? It's, I mean, I've seen, I know the famous scene, and I've seen all the parodies of it, and everything. I know that they fly the bicycle against the yeah. moon, and it 
It flies, honest, basically. At this, po- at this point, as long as you're well enough versed in what goes on in it that you can keep up with the memes, then you're fine. That's literally like, all I need. I just... Literally, like, memes are so prevalent that you don't even... You can watch a film through its memes. Yeah, we speed read everything. Like, yeah. we just... Yeah. All we need is the meme and then our opinion is made. That's... I have never seen uh, The American Office... But I can tell you almost every character's like overriding features and personal qualities based on the number of memes out there. You should definitely watch it, though. It is. That's what good. everybody always says. I know. I'll get round to it. I hate being the guy doing it yeah. too. It, the thing is, the thing is, it's not on UK Netflix. I know. I feel like I feel like as someone that wants to do film and TV editing, I feel like I'm really kicking myself in the crotch if I like watch things illegally. Yeah, I've been very above board for the last like three years. Yeah, uh, I, I developed morals. Me too. <laughs> Definitely. Um, yeah, that sounded convincing enough. <laughs> um, so yeah, yeah, I, I, have, yeah. I, I haven't seen the fucking movie, but I know everything that happens in yeah. it, and I, I reckon I could, I could, you could fucking test me on that knowledge, and I'd be able to you answer. You could basically perfectly. write out the plot. Yeah, absolutely, yeah, I could. Please. Um, so there you go. E.T. is a Jedi, or, or I, I actually don't think E.T. is a Jedi because I'll tell you one thing: I have seen, and that's Star Wars, and I know that E.T. ain't no Jedi, but E.T. may very well be in touch with the Force because that is possible. E.T. Have... may very well be some sort of cousin or semi-related to uh, Yoda, like a weaker, like the missing link between yeah, a gorilla and Yoda. Yeah, and Yoda. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's correct. That's, that's that would good... that makes that makes a ton of sense. It does, yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, nothing else to say on that. Like I uh, said, I haven't uh, seen yeah, it. Like, I'm, so... I'm not even going to dispute it because yeah. I think it, it makes it makes enough sense. Uh, it wouldn't surprise me if there was they, you know, George Lucas and Spielberg had a little bit of a crossover in that one. Yeah, yeah. That's I, right. I don't I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I think they'd thoroughly enjoy that. I bet they do. Yeah. I bet that's um, not the only thing they enjoy. Those sick fucks. Making movies. <laughs> the naughty kind. Oh no. Um, which actually brings me on to uh, my next theory. Um, which I was going to save to the end, but this is way too good of a... Um, this is way too good of a segue to ignore it. Oh, I'm going to make a guess, and I'm going to type it in the Skype chat to you Please right now. Please do. And, uh, so, hold on, hold on. This... Do I have this right? Yeah, you're going to bang on there. <laughs> I found it way too funny to ignore. Yeah. Um, uh, by the way, I only know what that website is because I went in there to find directions on how to get out of there. So. Yes. Just, yes. I um much like many of the people in it, I took a wrong turn. Yes, that's right. In life and ended up there. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um. So. I don't know why they've specified just this universe, but yeah, I'm actually, gonna, I don't I'm think you should. It out. I don't. Yeah, you shouldn't say the name because they haven't paid us. No, this. I mean, if they want to pay us, they can get in touch. I don't advertise this type of thing for free. No, no. Um, but everybody in the porn, everybody that's in pornography, um, they live in a different universe to us, a universe where humans are descended from ancestor closer to bonobo chimps than the chimpanzees that we are related to. 
with people in porn have constant sex, incest, orgies, pizza deliveries, punishment. There are no references to wars or other kinds of non-kinky violent conflict. Bonobos also do all of those same things. They never, or almost never, <laughs> conduct violent conflict, just like humans in porn. Discuss. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I want to say a lot, but... I there have... are no like there are no words for this one. Like what how this came into this bloke's head is or why is absolutely beyond me. I have like <laughs> I have family that listen to this. This is so <laughs> annoying for me. <laughs> I have so much to say. <laughs> I just also, think nothing that... at all. Okay, look, obviously I have never watched porn in my life, okay? We all know that. My hand is on it's a terrible. Bible, as I say. degrading that. to women, but not the men that participate. It's not the yeah. to them. It doesn't even... It doesn't resonate with me emotionally. There's no real quality or substance to it. You know, I need, I need, I need plots and dialogue and stuff. However, I have observed enough examples of pornography. From the outside. Yeah, from, from like my favourite cartoons that parody porn or, yes. or my favourite movies that reference it or, you know, the constant references to it in the TV show Friends. <laughs> I believe I can... <clears throat> Strong, nice, good. Uh, yeah. <clears throat> so, um, as someone who's never watched porn, I would imagine that the dialogue in it is almost excessively vapid and mm. over-the-top in its simplicity to the point where it may even be off-putting to the viewer. Indeed. That's what I would think if I watched it. Like, yeah. I, I've never seen it, but I would imagine that that's probably how it goes, that it's just this really weird thing where two people are like, oh, hey, uh, do you come to this gym often? I do now. <laughs> oh, okay. And it won't be the only place where I come. <laughs> and then <laughs> they start fornicating and that's pretty yes. much how porn works it is definitely a different it's, universe it's definitely a different universe it's literally just i'm here you're here oh dear it's like how hard would it even be to just i, I guess there's just no fucking demand for it to be any more sophisticated than that is that... i guess not yeah i really guess not like i wasn't even gonna mention that one I had to, like, I've got a bunch of tabs open with um, all the different fa fan theories. A bunch of tabs, eh? Yeah, a bunch of tabs. Um, Doing some research on that <laughs> one, eh? I had to open a new tab up to search for that one just to get make sure I got it right. Are the tabs stuck together? Okay, anyway. Oh, dear. We are oh, dear. Hashtag lads. Um, 1990s. Yeah. Reference that. Strong. If I, I would I, that's surely an 80s reference, if, if anything. Like... It probably goes yeah. back that far. People, people listening won't even know what I'm talking about. That's how old that <laughs> reference is. That is true. That is a very old reference. Do you ever wonder on a, on a serious level, right? I know, I know, I'm older than you by a couple of years, but we're mm. still ultimately of the same kind of generation. Yeah, yeah. Do you ever wonder what it must have been like to? Because I, I think we we were vaguely trapped in a space where we would resonate with kids from the like early '90s and, and '80s. Um, but to just not have everything that you want at the touch of a button that's attached to your person at all times. Like, to, you know what I mean? Like, if, if someone is curious now about what it looks like when someone gets fucked by 18 people, like, they can yeah. fucking Google that and watch it within, like, 35 yep. seconds. That's crazy. Like... That is mad. It, like, it really is crazy. Like... Yeah. 
the the whole thing, not just the porn element of it. I mean every mm. other thing, but it's there's such a such a massive cultural difference between yeah. the kids nowadays and, and back in my day when things were good and kids yeah, yeah. had to kill no. each other. <laughs> we actually had like a resurgence at work recently of um I work as a my I mean my official job title is video sports journalist. Um which means nothing to be honest. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I do a I do a lot of stuff to do with football, and I you know we chat talk about football with some of the guys at work constantly, um, and we've done we 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 rediscovered sporkle quizzes. Oh, nice! Those are awesome. Yeah, so we have literally spent the last few days during lunch our lunch hours, um, kind of racing on sporkle quizzes, and just to kind of disconnect and like not cheat and stuff like that is tough man like i don't remember half the shit i'm sure i used to be able to yeah like things like premier league like all like current clubs premier league tops goal scorers it's it's a struggle like really struggle with it and i got hired based on the fact that i'm good with football yeah (laughs) that's so bad back in like 2001 I I could tell you the squad number of any player at any club in England. Yeah. Like, like yeah, you could ask me fucking anything. And I, I, I genuinely, I I couldn't tell you the squad number of like most of the top players in the league at the moment. Yeah, neither could I. Like, squad numbers mean nothing to me. Well, no, that's that's untrue. I I I could tell you most of the big ones for sure. I, I have, must have looked at pictures of him in his kit, hello, uh, in his kit within the last three days with the number on the shorts and the back, and I could not tell you what number Zlatan wears for United. Number nine. That would make sense. Yeah. But they, genuinely, like, I just I, forget I, about it. I know that because Martial was number nine last season. Oh, yeah, of course he was. And they took it off. Took it off him. Gave him number 11 and said, you'll never be a striker. Get on the wing where you are ineffectual most of the time. I feel like we spoke about that. Possibly. I feel like we spoke about that literally the last time I was on this podcast. Oh, that's possible. <laughs> we didn't do much football talk, though. On the no. No, my football t- my football chat is um, it's not good, if I'm honest. Like, I enjoy watching it. I enjoy watching people kick the ball in the goal. <laughs> not great at talking about it, if I'm honest. I uh, I have a similar thing in work where we do wrestling trivia, and it's all stuff from the from like the nineties and and some yeah. stuff from the eighties as well. And it's a huge deal. Like there's two banks of desks filled with wrestling chat at any time during a given day, and yeah, it's amazing. It's it's a great way of disconnecting and just like remembering when things were better, yeah. when wrestling was popular, and mm. when liking wrestling didn't make you a social outcast. <laughs> if I sound angry, it's because I am. Anyway, <laughs> the next fan theory that I have relates to a movie that you will all have seen. It is called The Dark Knight, and it is about yes. a very, very dark night. A night so dark that Batman happened. Anyway, Batman this happened. Uh, The Dark Knight is a movie that came out in 2008. It starred Christian Bale. I'm going to do this for every movie. It starred Leonardo DiCaprio and Kate Winslet. <laughs> um, yeah, The Dark Knight famously killed Heath Ledger. So uh, Heath Ledger's Joker won the Oscar and is widely considered by nerds everywhere to be the greatest 
anything ever. Um, and we don't know anything about him, uh, the character himself, or Heath Ledger. <laughs> but both of them just arrived out of nowhere one time with uh, makeup and scars on their face. And um, the Joker even explains his scars in two completely different ways, leaving the viewer clueless as to how they came about. Um, however, the Joker is incredibly comfortable with a pocket full of grenades. He's incredibly comfortable walking into uh, a room filled with mafia hierarchy of different families and pulling the pin out of a grenade and keeping it on a little thing so that it doesn't actually pop out. You know, pulling the pin where it, it keeps the thing intact, the mm-hmm. wick or whatever that thing is called Tr- in a grenade. Take a trigger yes. pin? The that? trigger yeah. pin, yes. Um, and, yeah, he also knows how to shove a pencil up a guy's nose, which is uh, probably militaristic in some way. I, I guess they teach you how to improvise in the military. Um, basically, the dude is a former soldier suffering from PTSD. Um, like, throughout the entire movie, he shows how comfortable he is with all sorts of, of military weaponry. Yeah. Like, there's a point where he shoots a moving vehicle with an RPG, and that's not yeah. a thing that you can just learn from Googling it. If if there's anything I've learned from uh, Call of Duty Four, it's yeah. that um, RPGs are notoriously tricky. Yeah, uh, I mean they arc in funny, funny ways. He also is just incredibly disciplined when it comes to his timing of things. Mm. Like when the bus rolls over the guy to kill him at the last uh, second in the bank job, that's because he had that timed with military precision. Every single thing that happens is within his control because he has that military planning, just like Frank Castle, the Punisher, if that's the type of thing that you're looking for. He's a a guy who just understands how everything works because he is a military guy. And if cinema has taught us anything, it's that soldiers are fucking actual real-life superheroes. Um, But beyond that, there's actually a part in the movie where he kind of implies with anger i guess Mm. that he's a soldier was when he's like i tell the press that like a gangbanger will get shot i I could try and do the voice or a truckload of soldiers that was was good (laughs) a truckload of soldiers will be blown up nobody panics because it's all part of the plan um, that sounds like bitterness to me. It sounds like he's bitter that yeah. soldiers are allowed to be tortured and mistreated and nobody cares about them. But if like a gangbanger gets shot, then everyone is out in full force protesting it. Mm-hmm. Um, it sounds like he is a soldier who, you know, inevitably yeah. suffered PTSD, came back to a world that didn't want him to be part of yeah. it, and he decided to just fuck shit up. Yeah. Um, so there you go. I, that that would I like that one I mm. I like that yeah it holds I'm, up yeah I'm I don't even want to poke holes in it because I quite like that one yeah I, like I'm just I'm also just thinking of the uh, the extreme ease that he gets his hands on so much military grade equipment as well yeah true yeah his um, sources right he's probably got some yeah. serious connections given the yeah 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 for sure but uh, and I I'm just uh, yeah just thinking like the RPG thing is like definitely and the bomb rigging as well yeah yeah. his bomb rigging is which could also mean that his face was disfigured in um he was possibly a bomb disposal expert yeah could well as well his face was disfigured in um a minor explosion of sorts i quite like that i really like that theory 
Yeah, I think I'd quite like to see some sort of spin-off of that. Yeah, I'd I'd love to uh, see we'll a see movie that play out. Like a movie go all out and just be a gritty movie about a guy who disposes bombs or whatever he has to do. Um and when like, it ends he the gets scared of takes around. Yeah. Yeah. The hurt locker takes a turn halfway through. Yeah, exactly. And then but, it just ends like, in the beginning of the Dark Knight. Never explicitly state that it's No, no, there. no, no. No. And but, not in any of the hype up for the film. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it'll probably flop massively. Yeah, but, I mean, as long as Worth you it. get an amazing, like, recommendation on yeah. an image or like post person, seven yeah. years in the future, does it matter how much money you made? <laughs> it's all about the likes and the faves. That's what we do it for. That's all that matters, really. That's currency nowadays. So. It really is. It actually genuinely is. This, yeah. With the fact that you can make a living off of being an Instagram, being Instagram famous, it really is... Cash me outside, how about that? Cash me outside, how about that? Yeah. I cannot believe that that's a thing. I'm so happy that it is. I don't even care anymore. I I, I do not have it in me to harness any bitterness to a 13-year-old girl. I don't... No matter how trashy. I have no bitterness towards her, but the people that made it relevant, I just don't understand it. Yeah, same. I mean, yeah, no, it's it's absolutely terrible and horrific, but I'm also just delighted that I'm being so entertained by the ridiculousness <laughs> of it. Like that's just To be fair, know. it has it has brought the phrase cash me outside. Yeah, I mean my vocabulary. You know, what, like What more do no, you want like, from waiting society? For a, waiting for a pal. Yeah. Waiting for a pal. I've just got another meme to add to my vocabulary. I'm just waiting for a mate. <laughs> that was my Australian accent. Cash me outside, just waiting for a mate. Cash me outside, how about that? I'm sure. I'm sure you could genuinely make a full-on, like, statement, a full, minor essay, just all memes. What if I told you? Yeah, you could. You <laughs> definitely could. That it was 1998 when <laughs> a certain someone fell 16 feet from the top of a steel cage through the announcer's table. Sorry, I'm done. <laughs> It's a very obscure. Is it obscure? It's a wrestling meme. Yeah. Um, but my next fan theory is from the show Futurama. Yeah. Uh, because I like the show Futurama. It was it nicely filled the gap when The Simpsons got shit. I would go so um, far as to say it was better than no would I? I i'm not sure it was ever better than the simpsons it just picked up nicely being quite good and being better than what the simpsons then became i love the futurama universe though it is yeah. so expertly fleshed out yeah in a way that the simpsons universe is not yeah I, so yeah. this fan theory fleshes out You'll you'll like that pun later on. Um, <laughs> it fleshes out a little bit more of the Futurama universe with something that apparently has been annoying this one guy for about sixteen years. <laughs> I love that. Uh, I love the obsessiveness <laughs> of people who write fan theories. <laughs> like, like <laughs> I mean, this this guy's just written it, and then someone's replied saying, "Thanks, that's been bothering me." <laughs> It aired in 1999, dude. Like the best year as well. So yeah, in season one, episode seven, 
Fry goes to uh, they go to a planet full of um, beings made of water, the Trusillians. Trisolians? I, I, I have a, a quite point. how it's pronounced. I have a point to make about this episode. Yes. When you're, like, will I say it now? It's a real quick one. Yeah, go for it. So basically, when Fry drinks the Emperor, mm. like when he's looking at the bottle with the yeah. Emperor in it, that is the epitome of of thirst. Just the way that bottle yeah. looks, that makes me thirsty. Yeah. It makes me yeah. want to. It makes drink me thirsty, thirsty, thirsty thinking about it. Yeah, it's so like, what's the word? Like, it, wet. It, yeah, it's <laughs> the wettest water. Yeah, it just, it's, it, yeah, it's just incredibly wet looking water. It evokes this feeling of like gluttony for me. Uh, like like that yeah. I, I must drink that glug glug yeah. glug water like i have it, it looks perfectly quenching and the way he wipes his lips after and he's like ah it's just, just it's the greatest water yeah. advert that i've ever seen in my life in that yeah. episode anyway continue sorry so after he has drank the emperor um he obviously becomes emperor himself due to the assassination essentially yeah. um so he's told that to become the emperor, he must recite an exceptionally long oath from memory. And if he fails at that, he's killed on the spot. Being Fry, he writes it on his arm to cheat, <laughs> reads it off of his arm in front of the entire planet's population, misreading one of the last words before correcting himself. There are literally the entire planet watching an advisor standing directly next to him who has proved to be a stickler for the rules and no one ever questions that he's written it on his arm. Even though they stipulate that he would be killed for cheating. Yeah. For not remembering it completely. So that has been annoying someone for 16 years and this theory has come along to rectify and explain why they did not kill him there and then. It's because the Trisolians, I'm going to call them Trisolians, I don't know, I can't remember how it's pronounced. I can't remember either. They don't know anything. They've never met or seen a human a human being before, and they know nothing about human biology. Ah. Therefore, for all they know, he is reciting from memory, and the human method to recall memory is by making it appear on his arm. Oh yeah, of course. They are, they are as a liquid, wouldn't be able to write on themselves, so they have no concept of being able to cheat by writing on themselves. Yeah. That's amazing. I, by the sounds of things, you've just sat back slightly. I have. I absolutely <laughs> did. I sat back and I put my hands on my head and I was like, yes. Yeah, so, you know, that's been annoying, this bloke, for 16 years. So going on 18 now, really. I never knew it, but it was annoying me yeah. too, and now I'm so happy. <laughs> answers, answers have been provided. Hell yeah, that's absolutely amazing. God, that's all it takes is just a clever person to yeah analyze something. I mean, to be honest, the best part, like what I love about a lot of these fan theories, is that was probably never intended yeah. by the writers from the start. Oh yeah, absolutely. It was just a. It would be funny if he cheats with this really incredibly long oath written all the way up his arm. Yeah. And then to yeah. still fuck it up at some point when it, his life's on the line. And it wouldn't have come. But that is such a good, flawless explanation. Yeah, it is. I, I absolutely love a good piece of obsessive analysis like that. It just it makes everything better. 
Yeah, absolutely fantastic. And one thing I didn't actually mention is that to kind of um, double up on the fact that they don't understand human biology is that they'd already, someone had already tried to assassinate him by drinking him through a straw. Yeah, that's Which true. obviously, if you're not familiar with human biology, not possible. Uh, need to write that down. <laughs> yeah. Note to self, stop trying to kill people by drinking them through a straw. Oh, Future Arm is so good. I know. Um, will I go ahead with my next? Feel free. Alright, so this one I won't go too deeply into because I know it's been seven months, Jack, but I am confident that you still haven't seen this fucking movie. Um, and I talk about it all the time. All the time. It's my favorite movie of the last 20 years and nobody ever, even once, comments saying, yeah, that movie was awesome. Nobody. So, fuck all of you. And <laughs> this fan theory relates to um, Mad Max Fury Road, which is just an undisputable instant classic and masterpiece of cinematography. Indeed. Um, so, the uh, the theory centers around the four horsemen, uh, who go mm -hmm. by the names of Conquest, War, Famine, and Death. Sometimes Conquest nice. is also called Pestilence. Um, sure. So I'm not overly familiar with the religious overtones of the Four Horsemen. I know the basic principle, and I yeah. also know the um, wrestling stable of the same name. However, that's not relevant here. I just thought <laughs> that I would inform everyone that I am yeah, up yeah. to date with you know wrestling knowledge. And um, catch me outside. How about that? So um, the Immortan Joe, who is the main villain, I would say, the main antagonist in the movie, um, mm -hmm. he is conquest or pestilence. He conquers people and he enslaves them in the citadel, which is where he lives, and they're forced to worship him as a deity. Uh, this means that he possesses the duality of both a religious leader and a false prophet, and those two different um, personalities or personas have been ascribed to conquest or pestilence in the past. Some people actually think that Jesus is conquest because he essentially completed a conquest by bringing Christianity to the forefront of you know uh, billions of people and stuff like that. Um, and other people say that any false prophet could be the uh, the conquest horseman. Sure. So it's interesting that there is a, a sort of a discrepancy there. But um, both of those are Christian interpretations of conquest anyway. Um, his followers are covered in sores and tumors, like which is basically a real-life visualization of pestilence. And that's reflected on their bodies. Those are the war boys. They are pests. They look pale, they're disposable, and they're literally rotting. Not to mention the fact that they feed off other people when they're hooked up to the blood transfusion drips. Mm -hmm. So um, that is, you know, a, a really fair summary of the Immortan Joe being uh, pestilence. Uh, the bullet farmer represents war. I think this one actually makes the most amount of sense. If you just apply chaos yeah. theory to war and imagine yeah, yeah. every single cliched soldier experiencing anguish, you know, when they do that thing and they say war is hell, just about how chaotic war is. Um the bullet farmer is just a really chaotic character. He does whatever sure, he yeah, wants, yeah. kills people, even oh, yeah. by friendly fire, which is a feature of modern war. Um, mm. Then the people eater, he represents famine, which is which is actually the easiest one. He's a rich guy during a time of actual famine. Like He's unaffected by famine and unconcerned with the starving hordes of proles that he has at his fingertips. Like He's an obese man in a mm -hmm. desert of starving, scrawny people. Yeah. Not to mention the fact that he's a cannibal, and cannibalism is a sad side effect of famine. So, yeah. um, 
And then the fourth horseman is Max himself, which represents death. Because from the moment you see Mad Max, you see how plagued he is by the images of dead people that he couldn't save. And he has no problem killing people. And I think he seems pretty damn existentially torn up by the fact that he himself cannot be killed. So there you have it. The four horsemen, all represented by each of the main um, protagonists and antagonists in Mad Max Fury Road. So I like it. I yeah. have actually seen Mad Max Fury Road. You have? Oh my I, god. Yeah, so I feel happy. like I feel like I should have pointed that out way before. You should have, because you were agreeing with me, and I was like, this fucking guy. He's... <laughs> this dickhead comes back in here, yeah. not knowing what the fuck I'm talking about. What did you think of it? I really enjoyed it, because like, I, I did. Um, I finished my dissertation on colour grading. Yes. Um, so obviously with the intense yes. uh, colour schemes in the... Um, in Mad Max, it was uh, quite a good little, um, quite a good little film to watch and kind of just go, blue is this, yeah. orange is that. I think um, there was over, I think it was either two thousand nine hundred or else over actually three thousand um, separate um, single frame edits done mm-hmm. in that movie. Where for context, in an average movie, it's like fourteen hundred. So like they went to fucking town on that movie and yeah. the editing and like it's not even CGI intensive at all. There's very little CGI uh, very, in the movie. It's one of the better recent examples of blending um, practical and like uh, practical visual effects. Yeah, yeah, which absolutely. I think is really good. And all, even just the 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 sound, the audio effects were amazing. It's one yeah. of those. I if I were a teacher of film, I would show people that movie and be like, "This is what you should strive for." Like, oh for sure. I I just can't get over how it. it I just turn it on sometimes. Like Friday night, I just put that movie on on my yeah. like HD TV and I just sit back, turn all the lights off, and I I'm just blown away by it. I I can't believe how yeah. good it is. Like I'm so happy that I you know, have seen it and that I have it on Blu-ray and stuff. It's just amazing. Uh, yeah, like, I can't I can't disagree. I, I, I thoroughly enjoyed it when I was watching it. It was just a very enjoyable, like, I enjoyed both Mad Max Fury Road and The Revenant in, I would say, probably equal measure. Yeah. But I couldn't watch The Rev. I couldn't sit down and watch The Revenant again. I can't even sit down and watch it for the first time. <laughs> it literally like exhausts me thinking about it for some reason. I do you know what I like, I really enjoyed it. I found myself um, about forty minutes into it, and I'm not sure DiCaprio had said a fucking word. Yeah. <laughs> um, but everything like I'm a, I'm a big fan of the um, the cinematographer on on the Revenant. Um, Alejandro uh, or uh, that's the Alejandro Inarritu Gonzalez, the director. The yeah. Director, yeah. Um, I know him as um, Chi- his last name is Chivo, uh, the cinematographer. I fo- I've followed him on Instagram for a few years, um, but just everything was so stunningly shot. Yeah, it was absolutely fantastic. Just to look at the visuals and the bear rape scene was just that was intense. Yeah, brutal. That was, and of... it went it went on for way longer than I expected it to. A lot of people don't know that a bear's penis is that big, but <laughs> it's there in the movie. Yeah, very realistic. Yeah. DiCaprio deserved the Oscar for that. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He looked. He literally took one for the team there. He did. He did. There's a. There's this. I, I saw in the trailer for that. There's a, a part where DiCaprio kind of he leans over and he he squints his eyes and he goes, 
you killed my son, you understand? And I, I feel like DiCaprio says something followed by, you understand, in like every movie he's been in in the last 10 years. I don't know if I'm right about that, but I feel like that's a really I strong feature. I genuinely wouldn't be surprised. Yeah. I'm trying to think of when he said it in... Um... When he said it in um, Baz Luhrmann's Romeo and Juliet. Oh, uh, I don't think he was... He was too kind of preppy and, and like... He was incredibly preppy. Whereas, uh, like, DiCaprio from... I think, like, Body of Lies, around that time, when he started yeah. being going all in on the action thing, um, I think it's around then that he started the squinty eye. You understand? Like, you know the way Denzel Washington does the stutter thing? Where he opens his eyes really wide and he's like, "You mean you you mean to tell me that you know the way he does that?" DiCaprio does the squinty eye thing where it's like, "I'm telling you what I need to tell you right now. You understand? This is a piece <laughs> of cutting dialogue that shows how intense I am. You understand?" <laughs> that sounds that sounds scarily accurate. Yeah, I think that sounds worryingly accurate. <laughs> I watched a lot of movies. Uh, needless to say. Um, <laughs> But yeah, that's the uh, that's some, yeah. I I miss I miss movie talk. I talk about movies all the time, but I um I miss talking about movies with someone who studied film. <laughs> I think yeah, I, it's it's, been, it's funny because I studied film and uh, for a short while there for the last few months, I've made memes for a living. <laughs> I've made video memes for a living. Yeah. I'm not even shitting you. This is this is my life. This is what a film education in film gets you. Nowadays, yeah, memes. I, I have memes seen, have taken over. I have seen some of your memes. They are they are very PC dank. They are meme tastic. Yeah, they're as dank as I'm allowed to be yeah. based on <laughs> what the client specifies. Yeah, yeah, that's right. <laughs> that's fair. Um, do you have another fan theory? I do. I've got one more. How many uh, have you got left? Um, I I don't have any, but I have I have one that I would like to just say for a, a thing. Yeah, I I have one okay. left. Is the short answer. I don't cool. know why I beat around the bush. Okay. <laughs> I this is a fan theory of a different sort, possibly taking things in a different direction. Korean fan death. It's a theory based on the idea that if bodies are exposed to electric fans or air conditioners for too long, it causes the bodies to lose water and causes hypothermia. Uh, This theory is prevalent in both North and South Korea, and the Korean Consumer Protection Board, a South Korean government-funded public agency, issued a consumer safety alert in 2006 warning that asphyxiation from electric fans and air conditioners was among South Korea's five most common summer accidents or injuries, according to the data they collected. Jesus. That was a government study put out in 2006 saying that asphyxiation from electric fans and air conditioners was like top five for what killed South Korean people. That is ridiculous. (laughs) Yeah, that's why we like... I think I've mentioned uh, fan death and the Koreans' belief of what fan death is before. You did, yeah. You did it in a North Korean dystopian context. Yeah, yeah. Their lack of education and stuff. And I'd yes. actually, I'd, I'd heard it mentioned since then as a South Korean phenomenon. And I meant yeah. to say it to you, but you were in the ocean. <laughs> yeah, I was, I was, uh, I was suffering from fan. Yeah, I was suffering <laughs> yeah. from fan death. <laughs> 
genuinely, that is so bizarre. It's like, crazy, yeah. From 2003 to 2005, a total of 20 cases were reported involving asphyxiation caused by leaving fans and air conditioners on while sleeping. You know what? Um, in the last episode, myself and the doctor... I have a doctor on the show Toboggan, now. Toboggan, yeah. Um, Dr. Dre, actually. Uh, Dr. No, um, Mantis Toboggan, MD. The guy I replaced you with is another, oh, yes. another tall guy with a four-letter name that begins with J, um, but he's a doctor, and he. we were discussing uh, mass hysteria and moral panics and mm. stuff, and how mass hysteria is a, a real clinical phenomenon where people um, suffer actual symptoms of kind of imaginary things. Now, they're not imaginary, right, because they're actually happening, but they're mm-hmm. only happening because of perception and not like actual hard science. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and so I I am just now gonna make the bold step of linking Korean fan death with mass hysteria, and I'm gonna put it mm. into that bracket because I think that that perfectly sums up the type of thing that it is. I don't doubt that these people were experiencing perceived asphyxiation, but I do yeah. highly doubt that it was as a result of a fan. Fan, a fan death indeed. I have actually delved even deeper into this fan death fan theory and found a fan death fan theory fan theory. <laughs> the theory goes podcasting, folks. We're getting, we're getting we're getting meta. Like we're going so meta here. Yeah. So this is a fan theory about the fan theory of fan death. If you're keeping up, I'm not. (laughs) This person proposes that due to the shame of um, suicide in a lot of Asian cultures, that fan death is a way for families to save face if a family member commits suicide or dies in a dishonorable way. Ooh, interesting. How's that for a fan theory of a fan theory of fan death? I really like it. Um, I I would I would like to say we're going to go deeper, but I'm not sure I can. I'm not yeah. sure there's anywhere we can go that's deeper than that. No, we need to know enough about Korean culture, and I don't yeah. think we do. Because I know no. that, like, sure, suicide is definitely a, a dishonorable thing to do in Japan. I know that much. Yeah. I don't know about China. I, I, did, I did kind of... Um, tar with the same brush there um, by saying in a, a lot of Asian cultures but uh, in the west we call that racism <laughs> stop appropriating the, my culture bro on the, on the podcast we call that ease of talking <laughs> on, easy the, podcast, on the podcast we call that facts <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah it's uh, a really nice fan theory of a fan theory of fan death and also um another one that i just thought of is what if it's not an electrical fan and what if it's in fact one of those physical fans and they're in fact choking on it because that would explain the asphyxiation part what you mean like the tiny handheld fans yeah the handheld fans they shove them down their throats and they're sleeping that's why they die (laughs) that would not surprise me in the slightest fan death (laughs) that was that would be a terribly unfortunate way to go we should do a Korean Midnight Hour special. Uh, do you know what? First, I really want to try Korean barbecue, so this would give me a great excuse. Yeah. I uh, I had Chinese food for lunch today. Oh, God, Chinese food is so good. Um, and I had this uh, this crispy chicken leg 
that was deep fried and then um what's the thing they say that's not saturated but it's like saturated whatever that is saturated sauteed sauteed yeah um in a secret chef sauce and then taken out and then all of the bones were removed and the leg pieces were cut into different little chicken pieces nice um and then it was added to uh like you know vegetables and salt and chili and stuff like that and it was fucking delicious it sounds delicious chef's special sauce always worries me though same but fuck it you know I, I, I actually, as as a matter of fact, I don't really uh, like sauces that much. I, I really like dry food. I, I actually, sauces kind of make me gag a lot of the time. Like satay, I hate. Yeah, any kind of thick liquid. I don't like milk. I don't like any of that shit. It just, I, I can actually physically make myself gag by thinking about someone drinking a glass of milk. <laughs> that's as honest that's, truth. That's, that's bad. Not think... even thinking about me drinking it. Thinking about someone else drinking milk makes me gag. Right, that's the level that I'm at. So, yeah, I like dry food, and this was... The sauce was not quite all over the thing, you know? You could have as much as you wanted, because it was at the bottom of the plate, and it was great. Yeah. My mouth is watering, thinking about it. I am... I'm suddenly, like... I ate just before we started this podcast, and that was, like, an hour and a half ago, and I'm hungry. I haven't eaten since then. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. um, Shit. But, yeah, uh, so my last fan theory is a real quick one. Uh, which I'm going to use to lead into another fan theory that I came up with myself. Um, and I'm probably not the only one who's done it. But still, uh, in The Walking Dead, the walkers get so close to the main characters without them noticing because they are all suffering a large amount of hearing loss from repeatedly firing off guns without hearing protection. Um, Rick, absolutely, definitely, he's got one of the loudest guns in the entire show. Not to mention the fact that they kind of transition from handguns to like AR-15s and Kalashnikovs and M16s and stuff like that in the in the later series so these people have fucking no hearing left man so like um it's no surprise that they can't hear uh an, a dead person walking towards them in the woods so yeah. that's an interesting theory and yeah. i'm more so, interested in the one that you've come up with so the one that i came up with i actually tweeted a while ago um the cgi in the latest season of the walking dead is fucking all over the place like all over the place. The first instance we see uh, Shiva, the tiger, uh, belonging to King Ezekiel, she looks disgraceful. Like, <laughs> truly awful. And then, like, the next one, like, she actually looks pretty damn good. When she's walking, she seems to look great. Um, and then they there is an episode where Rick and Michonne go to an abandoned theme park, which is not called Zombieland. The fact that the episode itself wasn't entitled Zombieland just annoys me so much, right? Like, in (laughs) Homeland, they have an episode where Carrie needs to get in contact with Saul, and the episode is titled Better Call Saul, right? Because it's genius. It's referential. It's 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 respect. Everybody everybody likes that. That's what we love. They didn't fucking call the theme park episode of The Walking Dead Zombieland. Like, honestly, fuck you. Yeah, like, fuck The Walking Dead. You fucking ignorant pricks um so anyway they're they're in zombie land and they see a deer and i swear to god the cgi in this thing is amongst the oh, wait they worst. had to cgi a deer yeah they had to cgi a deer alive or is it a zombie deer it's alive and fucking it hell is, lads just bring in a real deer it's horrendous it's truly awful 
And and we've seen them CGI deer well before, right? So the CGI flickers on and off in that show because obviously they use the budget on certain things. Then yeah. there is an episode um, where Shiva is involved in an action-packed way um, and she looks incredible. It's a great scene, really well done. There's a, another scene that really, like, just... Uh, ended it all for me when Rick is in the with the garbage people who live in the big pile of garbage, um, which is a neat meta reference to the writing of the show. Um, but the, basically, Rick is standing on a mountain of garbage and thinking, <laughs> seven seasons gone. Jesus. Anyway, he's thinking. Um, he uh, he's no, he's not thinking anything. It just shows big piles of garbage behind him. Go to my Twitter, go to my images, you'll find it. You just need to scroll down a little bit. Uh, it looks awful. It's truly awful. Uh, so my theory is that Rick never fucking woke out of that coma, and the CGI flickers on and off depending on the um, levels of morphine he's being administered at the time. Nice. Um, and obviously all of the characters represent different things. And this is how easy it is to come up with a fan theory, ladies and gentlemen. Glenn represents his remorse. Glenn always does the right thing, no matter what. You know, like that's all you need to yeah. do. It's just and like it. I said, Maggie like I said is a earlier, nurse. She's fan theories fall into one of three characters yep. categories, and yours has fallen neatly into the coma one. Oh, it's so good that you're back on the show. We went full <laughs> circle. We did the thing that we <laughs> always do, where we <laughs> unintentionally make a perfect so episode. <laughs> and I've just, I've just um, searched and had a look through your images, and holy crap, that is bad. Isn't it bad? It's like the seventies. It's like, it's like awful. It's, it's bizarre. It's like the background is shot on an incredibly wide-angle lens. Yeah, yeah, I know. Like you can see the distortion around the edges of the screen, it's and yet so he's poor. Uh, just, I just don't even know where to start with it. The juxtaposition is so immediately... Like the, way the way it's lit is so obviously wrong. Yeah, it's horrendous. Yeah, exactly. It's like the Christ. background is dark, but he's really light. Like it's... But then also they're about the same. It's like they're weirdly almost the same kind of brightness. Yeah. When it's, it's like, just what the fuck are shadows? It's yeah, yeah, exactly. It it does nothing to immerse you at all. Like it's that it's, is just awful. It's disenfranchising from like it's it's truly a woeful. That is like, just terrible. Yeah, can't believe that gets green lit. Like I don't know. It like that must that can only be a case of fuck it. We've run out of money. Yeah, I, I'm sure that's what it is. Like, I'm sure they prioritize the budget on other stuff. But here's the thing, The Walking Dead. Just make every fucking season six episodes. Like, for crying out loud. That's all they uh, have in every season. You don't get to run as many ads in there, just six, seasons, six episodes a season. Do you know that The Walking Dead is the most profitable TV show of all time ever? It has made more money than any other TV show in history, right? Um... I, and and now, the CGI now, looks like that. Yeah. No, that's not an exact stat when I say that. It's it's per episode or whatever. Yeah, like yeah. It's not obviously like Friends grossed way more and Two and a Half Men sure, because yeah. those are continual uh, series. But um, yeah, The Walking Dead in terms of uh, those like episodic uh, season type mm. things. Yeah, The Walking Dead is the highest grossing TV show of all time. And... They only have six episodes worth of content in every season, but they flesh it out into like 22 episodes. And that's why you get episodes of Rick farming for like fucking 12 hours and it's ridiculous. But uh, that's that's just that's just dumb. Yeah, I know. I hate it. 
So it's a really good advantage that British TV shows have over American TV shows. I like, I really appreciate the quality over quantity. Yeah. That it's right. taken through a lot of things. If, if Black Mirror was an American TV show, it would just be like terrible. It would just be like a nor- like a normal episode of something like. But what if the phone is evil? <laughs> yeah. Just, you know, it's just. I like yeah. I, what the one that always, in fact, the one that you can really point to for um, is like what the BBC Sherlock. I'm a big fan of BBC Sherlock, even though the last season was pretty shit. Um, they are you get three one and a half hour long episodes once every two years. Yeah, yeah. Like because they're an hour and a half. That's a movie. Yeah, that's a absolutely. Film. Those are three films. It's like segmented as a TV show. And because it's on BBC One, there are no adverts in it either. Yeah, that's amazing. Um, so, and then look at the version that the Americans did called Elementary, where they had Lucy Liu as a female John Watson. <laughs> I do love yeah. Lucy Liu, though. So. Uh, yeah, but that is such just such a bizarre choice straight off the bat. It is. And it then... Is the episodic nature of the shows like it just wasn't anywhere near as good yeah yeah i don't doubt that but i have a fan theory of my own and that's that sherlock yeah. holmes is shit i'm sorry well, i didn't mean that that's very interesting um i mean you're wrong um <laughs> you said while literally yawning <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. You're done. Yeah, well, that's not correct. Uh, well, that was that was fucking wrong. Uh. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I I I guess um, growing up as like an Irish person that never had access to BBC or anything like that, I guess I just have no appreciation for um, the goofier aspects of British culture or the goofier aspects of Brit- like Faulty Towers, for example. Right? I can accept mm. that it's good. But I think it is it is at times over the top in a way that makes other people laugh out loud, but doesn't really do that to me at all. I think that's fair. Um, whereas something like Father Ted just kills me because it's straight to the point. <laughs> it's dark. It's it's topical. Like you know, it's satirical and it's brilliant. Mm. I, I guess I think quirkier comedies come out of Britain. And I know and understand that they're great, but I just I could never get in tune with it because it never happened to me as a kid. So like, I always sort of am observing them from a distance rather than enjoying mm. them in the moment. So mm. that's, that's fair. Why. And also, also because I hate all British people naturally. Which goes with you also <laughs> you've also reminded me of uh, another fan theory that I've um, literally just come up with. Um, so thank you for that. The <laughs> <You're welcome. laughs> Mrs. Brown's boys. Oh God! It's a government-funded hypnosis test to find out which of the British public is susceptible to low-level hypnosis. Yes, I those do not. Those that find Mrs. Brown's boys funny are those susceptible, and since it has aired, only bad things have happened. And yeah. I think you'll find that that's a fact. I know we said at the start of the episode that concentration camp... Well, we spoke about concentration camps in in a sort of a negative tone, right? Because historically they've never done anything good. But if you think of Mrs. Brown's Boys as, you know, a government effort to weed out the imbeciles, 
if there were a place we could put those people, I just don't know that a concentration camp would be the worst place. That's all I'm saying. Uh, no, no, I completely agree. Yeah, so there you have so, it. Yeah. That's that's my fan. That's my actual fan theory. That's my personally created fan theory. Um, should we talk about just just end it with the um, the obvious aquatic undertones in the movie Friends with Benefits, starring Justin Timberlake and Mila Kunis? Yeah, I mean they're not to be ignored. I'm not sure anyone can ignore the fact that. Uh, his father in that film is uh, a merciless and just a puppet of the sea people. I mean, look at where they end up at the end of the film. Exactly. Um, I'm not sure there's any proof that you need beyond that. Yeah. Um, They happen to live by a large body of water. Yeah. Which science has dubbed the ocean. Yep. Um, Yeah. His, His father as um stopped becoming himself as slowly as like much like the parasitic uh, parasitic worm the sea people take over his brain um to control him and to become their puppet master really yeah and he becomes a bloodthirsty lunatic he really does and uh, we've discussed the ending scene that was cut from the final release of the film yes. where yeah that's one of my favourite things ever. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the sea people. They'll get yeah, you. They will. They got me good. Yeah, that's what fucking happens to you, folks. Yeah. You just yeah. disappear for ages. Exactly. Well, um, Jack, we're glad to have you back. I'm glad to be back. Let's do this again sometime. Maybe, yeah. Weekly, Possibly bi-weekly. next week. If if you happen to be free, yes, I should be free. Excellent. It's a, a maybe even weekly weekly podcast. Oh, I'm so excited. <laughs> I hope the listeners are too. Good night, everyone. Good night. That was good. Solid. It was a return to form. That was that was so, that was solid. Yeah.
episode one yeah oh man episode one was so good and episode two was the best episode of the midnight hour <laughs> we peaked so early i know we should have just stopped straight <laughs> it would go down as one of the greatest podcasts ever of all time if we just stopped on episode two <laughs> <laughs> all right i'll start <clears throat> in three two one